Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode five of the Light Vision Podcast, where we have conversations to see the meaningful things in people's lives. My name is Eric Fisher, and in this episode, we feature a guest that's a painter, an artist, a community builder, and genuinely good person, Lindsay Isbell. And I have to say a few words about Lindsay. Uh, as many know, last Monday night, Nashville experienced a devastating tornado, and the events following those things have both been inspiring and heart-wrenching be- to see the city in the state that it currently is. Lindsay lives in the East Nashville area and has been a community builder on the front lines, and the conversation lends itself to, to show us that, that through her art especially, and counseling and the power of those conversations, that, that her art can speak to how we respond to unplanned and chaotic life events, and I'm really excited for you to hear it. So without further ado, Episode 5 of the Light Vision Podcast. Okay, so I'm here with Lindsay Isbell, and I want to jump right into the conversation because there's so much to talk about. Uh, but to start, introduce yourself, if you will. Uh, hi, everybody. <laughs> I'm, I hope so. <laughs> I'm Lindsay Isbell. I am a painter here and a transplant to Nashville. Okay, a painter and a transplant to Nashville. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tennessee I'm, native, but oh. not a Nashville native. Okay, so you're still that's still better than most. Yeah. I'm not from here. Most people are. Um, let's start with the painter mm-hmm. and the artist piece. I own two of your pieces because they're fantastic. So flattering. Uh, they're they're awesome, and I also so I'm going to zero in at some point into yeah. a peculiar style that you kind of settled on, at least what you're maybe yeah. known for. Uh, but I also know that you're a no, talented. No, that's so flattering. <laughs> you have an exhibit. <laughs> Well, you, uh, you also are a good artist in general, mm-hmm. and I've seen sketches and drawings and Thank stuff. You. So, um, kind of in the spirit of, of light vision, where did that begin? Oh gosh, um, painting in general started for me probably when I, when I was a kid, for sure. Okay. I mean, I had carpeted floors, and my mom got so fed up with like the blue and purple and pink stains of them, she ripped up the carpet. Okay. Um, I have one painting. Uh, that I still have hung up in my room right now as a 27-year-old. I made it 20 years ago, and I was like, this is where it all began. (laughs) So, um, yeah, when I was a little kid, and it just never left me. Okay, so I'm I'm just fascinated with the genesis of anybody's creative Mm -hmm. creative outlet. I've I've told this before on the podcast, but I didn't realize that I was a creative mind Mm -hmm. until maybe not that long ago, Mm -hmm. and I channeled it in totally different ways. Um, so, I mean, did you just paint one day as a five, six, seven year old and you're like, this is really fun and you just (laughs) did it more often? Um, I honestly don't know the exact moment it started, but I remember like we, my whole family is real Southern and my, my uncle who I'm, who I never got to meet, um, he would draw on his walls. Okay. He just was such an incredible artist, and he had Disney characters oh, wow. that he drew all over his walls, and they were so good. My grandmother, Mima, she uh, got trim from Home Depot uh-huh. and like put a little frame around each oh, other one wow. of them when they wanted to paint his room. And I remember being really young and getting this giant drawing pad and walking in there and just sitting down in front of Tweety Bird and going, <laughs> I'm going to get this right. Okay. And being determined to get the head shape right, the beak, all of it. And then when 
Tweety Bird was like the low hanging fruit. And I was yeah. like, okay, I've achieved Tweety Bird. Okay. I've now unlocked and been able to yeah. go on to the harder, right. like, Yosemite Sam. And I would okay. go there. And so, I mean, that had to be six, seven years old. Okay. And, I mean, this, my family always encouraged me to yeah. keep drawing and going, and I never stopped. Yeah. Hmm. That's really cool, actually. I'm th thinking, now I'm already a fan of your <laughs> uncle, because I love he, all those characters, too. I didn't get to meet him, but he's incredible. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> awesome. Um, and that, that can open up a different conversation mm -hmm. entirely about the influence <laughs> of family, whether you know them or not. Yeah. Um, okay, that's cool. So, I think that you were... I'm gonna fast forward through time. Yeah. It's just for the sake of time, but you did you major in art? Mm hmm Okay. So I went to MTSU. I was a I uh, started out wanting to do music business. Okay. And then I went to uh, graphic design because that's the more practical okay. artwork. It's the one you can oh, actually okay. make money I see, with, I see. you know. Yes, I um <laughs> and then I took my first painting class and it just yeah, I didn't want to give up getting my hands dirty. Yeah. For some reason, it's the the actual feeling of the paint on my hands and like wiping my forehead and there being a streak uh, <laughs> yeah, across yeah. it. Um, <laughs> which you find out who your friends are okay. if they tell you or not that there's a streak across your forehead. Um, the ones that do are your friends. They're right? usually your friends, <laughs> okay. and then your best friends don't tell you. Um, <laughs> Just love them. But, but yeah, I I started I changed. Changed my major to painting, called my parents, told them I wanted to do it. They said, you sure? Like, this is where you feel like you're supposed to go. And I just knew it. I knew that I was supposed to do it. So, mm. graphic design minor. Okay. Still practical. Okay. So painting The major. infrastructure mm -hmm. of, of, of traditional hope. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you will, you might be able to get a 40-hour job with this yeah. minor. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's an interesting thought. Again, we could branch off so, so many, many, so many ways. But I struggled with the conventional wisdom of what to do, mm -hmm. and we come. Our family, I think, is is talented in many different areas, but kind of got pigeonholed through time, and mm -hmm. it just worked out. And I think I was the same. So it is fascinating to hear somebody that's passionate about something and, to a degree, throws caution to the wind and says, "I'm going to pursue that passion." Mm -hmm. um, I love that. Um, that's cool. Okay, so. I do want to talk. I, I, do you have a name for the style of painting? So that you're, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep saying that you're known for. Yeah, sure. That I mean, <laughs> toot my horn. Um, I have asked. I asked my professor a few years later, um, Sisavon. I was like, I mean, what would you, what would you say this is? She's like, oh, abstract expressionism. I was like. Okay, so yeah, sure. That matter-of-factly. Matter yeah. That works great. Yeah. Um, I'll sound real professional and, you know, oh, yeah, some abstract expressionalist, <laughs> um, it, which is very different than from how I feel whenever I'm actually creating okay, okay. The pieces. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I would say it's, it's just free-flowing. Um, I would probably call my style organized chaos. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, which is pretty much like, my life, so yeah. All right, okay. Well, so we'll go with that. I've, I've hinted at it a couple of times, and mm -hmm. the the crux of a podcast is you can't see what I'm saying, or, mm -hmm. or like maybe post a picture later and it would make sense. But um, explain, if you will, what yeah. that process kind of looks like. It's so hard to describe something 
audibly that you're supposed to take in visually, but I'm going right. to do my best. So the way that I create a piece is um, it starts with water. Um, so I always paint lying on the, like with the canvas lying on the ground. I'm not lying on the ground. The canvas is. <laughs> and um, I'll pour, you know, a medium or some sort of like water or, you know, an alcohol or something like that down onto this canvas and then drop color into it. Okay. And when I first started, I was very sure of how it was going to look and I had this like perfect plan okay. of how it was going to end up and I was like, this is going to be the greatest. And the thing that you'll learn about ink is that it does not listen to you. Mm. It does not care what your plans are. Um, it's going to go the way that it's going to go and you're just going to have to deal with that. Okay. Um, yeah. And so I very quickly got frustrated and walked away from it after like out, not hours, I exaggerate, like probably 20 minutes of trying to get it to go oh. and dry this way that I wanted to, it said, ha, that's cute. No. <laughs> um, so I went to bed, came back and it had dried onto the canvas and there were layers and I knew in my mind that there were not, I was like, did my roommates do this? Like mm. I knew there weren't layers on this painting, but there were layers and there were these deep, rich pools of just like, of this just dark ultramarine blue and then these just wispy, gorgeous, cloud-like, you know, yeah. lightness. And I was like, there's not more than one color on here. What's going on? And it kind of smacked me upside the head like, hey, this is kind of how this works. Mm. Like, you're going to have a plan and it's not going to go that way. And if you'll just trust, I hate this phrase, trust the process. Sure. <laughs> Um, it might end up better than you first expected it to. Okay. And, um, the way that I get to respond is then with the gold. Like okay. most of my pieces yeah. have that yeah. gold element to them. And that's me going, okay, I, I see how this has developed and now I get to respond to it. Oh, that's cool. Kind of, you know, kind of like life. Like it's yeah. going to go this way and there are going to be things that happen to you that you cannot control. But you can control your response. Oh, I like that a lot. And that yeah. is, that's kind of where all of my paintings come mm -hmm. from, is from that lesson that I need to be reminded of every single day. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can control my response, and that's just about it. I love that. So you first started talking, and from a written storyteller perspective, mm -hmm. I believe that good story is told through a, a controlling author. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of have to have a conventional mm -hmm. structure in order to portray what you want the, to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I remember reading a Donald Miller book a long time ago and how he talked about yeah. how fictional characters always do other things mm -hmm. that you don't want them to do, which mm -hmm. was, to me when I first read that was absurd because you're in control. But then I started writing fiction, and it does happen that way. It's, yep. the characters just go off, and you're like, you have to rein them back. Mm -hmm. But you still can rein them back to tell the story you want to through an arduous process. Uh, but your storytelling through this art is is embracing a chaos mm -hmm. and interpreting the story almost retrospectively in a way. Hundred percent. Okay. I like. It's crazy because I'll I have to look at the piece after the color has settled to go. Okay, how can I finish it? 
or is it ever going to be finished? There are paintings that I'll paint and be done in two days, and then there are some that'll take two weeks, and then there was there were a few at my show last year that had been sitting without the finishing, you know, I put air quotes, finishing touches on them for a year. Mm. I just kept staring at them going, I don't know what you want from me. Huh. Like, I don't know what to give yeah. you to make you feel complete. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them, it was nothing. They were done. It was done. They. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was done, but it took me a year to figure that out. Hmm. So, it just uh, depends. And really, my, my mind is racing because... I mean, I don't know if you know this or not, but I would imagine once people listen to my podcast, they will know how many movies I see a year, which is <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> a lot. Mm. Um, and what I like about film or storytelling in a traditional way, if you will, uh, is that it is a representation of life. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, fiction in film is just trying to bottle mm-hmm. a piece of life through something that's made up. Mm-hmm. Um, where I think you're, man, I'm just thinking about when you're telling, when you're talking about they and and they're, what do you want from me? And you're, yeah. and you're looking at it and sitting oh, in a, a space. It's a full conversation. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's really cool. A lot of times it's an argument. <laughs> <laughs> but that really, I think, is more of an illustration and a representation mm-hmm. of life in a in a more real way mm-hmm. than what film or story does. Um, I mean, film and story is very much escapism, and I think. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I'm if I'm not reaching too far, it sounds kind of like what your art is 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 grappling with what life actually is. Mm. Is stuff happens, things go all over the place. You have a plan, and you might even get fairly close to real close. Especially after you get better with your medium, you mm-hmm. kind of know. I, don't, I know I can't control it, so I'm going to get somewhere close. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and then sitting with it for sometimes hours or years even, and say, what do I do with you? Mm-hmm. It's crazy, too, because, like, my, if, it, I, if any of my professors hear me, I'm so sorry, I can't remember which one of you said this, but um, <laughs> somebody once told me, like, art is not about, in the vein of, like, speaking to the movies, I feel like movies and, and music, which is a big part of my my process, too, like, music is, they are made to make you feel the way that they want you to feel or how they were feeling in that moment. Mm -hmm. Whereas a lot of visual art is, is more, it's not about making you feel how I felt when I was creating it. It's about making you feel what you feel when you Mm -hmm. see it. Um, some of my favorite moments of, I had my, my first show last year at, Reimer Gallery in town, and it was so fun, and I was so scared. Um, I, like, blacked out during the whole thing, basically, and then woke up, and I was like, how'd it go? (laughs) Um, While I was there the whole time. But my favorite moments were when people, you know, didn't know who I was. I didn't have, like, a sign on that says, hi, my name's Lindsay, I'm the artist. But I got to hear them talk about my pieces while I was standing there. And some of them were great, Mm. and some of them were not. And... You know, it was those the, my favorite conversations were the ones that were like, I like this one, but I don't like this one. Or I like this one more than that one over there. Or a blue blob, why is that on a wall? You know, mm-hmm. and being able to talk, talk to those people and be like, hey, I heard you 
you know, say you really liked this piece or that you didn't really like that piece. Like, I love to know the, these things. You know, I, I work here at the gallery or something. Yeah, I would say, yeah. why? Like, and uh, just getting to hit, have honest conversations rather than those people who are like, oh my gosh, it was, it was so good. Uh, You're my friend. I'm going to tell you how wonderful you sure, are. Yeah. Which is great and true. But they may not even have to have looked at the pieces mm -hmm. for that. that they're supporting me more mm -hmm. than they're supporting the artwork. Right. Where these people who don't know me are experiencing their feelings towards a piece. Yeah. Versus through the lens of a friend or family okay. that's seeing it. Yeah, yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. But so, then I make friends who buy my pieces like you. Yeah. Like, we didn't know each other before you no. met a piece. Yeah. And now we're here. That's right, that's right. <laughs> uh, it's... I've watched, there's like a YouTube, like mini doc that I think you did yep. that I watched today, admittedly, to, <laughs> to help. I watched it before for the record, but I watched it again to kind of get my mm -hmm. mind in it. And it does seem like a very spiritual experience. Mm. And watching the, the, the paint and the color kind of drift through the water mm -hmm. and find its direction is, is, is just really cool. Um, I would suppose once you accept the fact that it's going to go or it's going to yeah. go. <laughs> once I'm like, fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so do you, do you think that, I think it's, would it be two-sided? Where you have an experience, obviously. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're a parent of sorts of, of the piece that comes out mm -hmm. of, of this process. But then you just mentioned strangers who are experiencing it for the first mm -hmm. time. They're going to have a, a visceral experience, something that's, Mm -hmm. unique to them. Do you believe that's you know, how the art should work? Yeah, I think that um, I think that it should be kind of a a dual conversation. Like the conversation that I have with the piece and then the conversation that the viewer has with it as well. Um, if it's the if it's the same conversation, that's great. If it's not, that's great. Mm -hmm. um, because there have been moments where people have said, oh, like this is, you know, that's really cool. And I was like, I know it is really cool because I can't take credit for the way that that, that paint decides to land. Yeah. I can take credit for the way that the gold is mm -hmm. because that I have control over that. Right. But the ink has a mind of its own. Yeah. And they're like, how'd you do this? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. Um, which is so different from, you know, like realism or figure mm -hmm. painting or these other mediums that I dabbled in in college um i think this 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 kind of technique and this practice found me more than i found it okay um and it was a huge blessing in disguise yeah um yeah. you mentioned it was, it feels spiritual i think i have connected more with god beside my canvas than i have in four walls of church hmm. um three years yeah there's just something true and vulnerable with me there versus like putting on a face or feeling like I have to be made up mm -hmm. for those four walls. Yeah. And sometimes even painting before I would maybe attend a church service got me into a place of vulnerability where I felt real there. Sure. Um, and felt real to real at both. Yeah. And I think that there's a big, big aspect of what, I hope to achieve with Light Vision Podcast mm -hmm. and Final Creations as, a, as, a, as an extension of that, in that we can find ourselves and embrace ourselves in, through the experiences that we encounter and partake in um, and find passion in. 
and, and bring to light the fullness of who we are through mm-hmm. all those things. Um, and it sounds to me, and I'm, I'm, I'm intentionally transitioning here, it sounds to me like uh, how you describe that is, is therapeutic. Oh, 100%. And before, I'm cheating a little bit, but before this conversation <laughs> I asked if there are other things that you're passionate uh-huh. about. And, and mental health and therapy is, is, mm-hmm. is, and I work largely and have worked in health and wellness and, and the health insurance world now. Mm-hmm. And that's, we're, we're catching on. We're, we're figuring out that there's a lot more than just walking a treadmill eating your carrots. Oh, gosh, yeah. And, and therapy, I think, has a stigma. Mm. And it's negative. Yeah. Um, that we someone needs help, therefore the answer is therapy. But mm-hmm. uh, let's talk about that for a second, because yeah. I, I I don't like that stigma, and and I think your story is is one that's powerful. Yeah, I I don't particularly like that stigma either. I've had, I've been to counseling or been to to therapy for. I started counseling in college. Um, having one of those like qualifying life events that makes you think you need counseling, you know, and having, having people say, Oh, you need to get over what happened Mm -hmm. so that you can move on. And it wasn't until a a couple years ago or a few years ago, I'll say that I realized like you're not supposed to get over something that happened to you. You're supposed to embrace it. Let it sit with you, sit across from it, address it. Um, a wound isn't going to get better if you just don't touch it. Mm-hmm. Um, a wound gets better if you pay attention to it. Yeah. And if you, if you treat it correctly, if you don't touch it, it's going to become an inf- infection and it's going to change the course of your life. Right. Yeah. If good. you treat it, if you accept it, you may have a scar, mm-hmm. but you've learned from that scar. Yeah. Um, and that's just something that I, <laughs> I recently started with uh, with my therapist a few months ago now. And he was, you know, why are you here? And I was like, honestly, I'm just tired. Mm. I'm, I'm tired. I'm ready to be honest with a therapist. Because let me tell you, they can't help you if you're not honest with yeah, them. Yeah, that's true. And I in therapy usually become a therapist and I'm like wait you might think it's this but it actually like I think that it stems from this part and he's like that's cute stop (laughs) um but yeah I just I honest I believe that your mental health affects your physical health Hmm. if you go to the gym every day and you work out but mentally something's wrong Mm -hmm. Or you haven't dealt with something. It's not that something's wrong, but you just haven't. You haven't possessed, or you're not living in your full self, your true yeah. self, is the way that we talk about it. Yeah. Okay. In the practice I go to, if you're not living your full self, you're not gonna be happy. Like you're not gonna experience joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So painting for me was is incredibly therapeutic, because I I bring my full self to the table. Yeah. And, um, now it's becoming that I feel like I can bring that full self into other areas Mm. of my life because of painting and therapy and just going, life's too short not to. Sure. sure. (laughs) It's it's a beautiful picture to to think about how to both attend to wounds and the unfortunate truth is that we all are wounded Mm. 
in some way, and in many ways, complex ways. Mm-hmm. So therapy, from my experience in talking to others, in many cases is tending to those wounds for a long time because mm-hmm. they had been ignored for a long time mm-hmm. and caused deep damage. But uh, I also really have believed for a long time as a coach and in healthcare and health and wellness that that we have for far too long been reactive to oh, for sure. a lot of things yeah. instead of proactive and understanding yep. the, the root of an issue or a topic mm-hmm. um, and attacking it proactively. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think that piece was resolved for you and you say, I can now take my full self into everyday situations mm-hmm. because you understand yourself, I would imagine, more so. Much more so. And I, I think you're you're very right. Like when I when I because I'm I mean, gosh, I'm an open book. Like and I remember telling someone I'd started therapy and they were like, Well what happened? Yeah. Nothing. I just I wanna I wanna understand myself better. Mm-hmm. I wanna know why when I'm not in a room and two of my friends are in another room, I think that they're talking about me when they're not. Yeah. I want to know why my anxiety goes to these pl- these places that aren't true, right. and I create these false narratives, and they rule my life. Yeah. Like I want to know why it is that I feel that way. Mm-hmm. It's not that something has happened recently, or that you know a traumatic experience has found me in these you know these formative years, but it's that. I have things that I didn't even know I needed to deal with. Because um, for so long, I, you know, if, if we are a building, I paint and plastered the for, fourth floor for a really long time and it yeah. kept getting cracks. Um, therapy, it rips you down to the foundation. Yeah. And you build up new. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I mean, it's, it's exciting. Yeah. It is. And don't give it's not all sunshine and butterflies. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> I'm in it, but the, the, the imagery that I've thought of is is you're talking about break it down and, and build it back up again mm-hmm. is a scorched earth. And fire goes through I'm from California and that happens a lot. Oh yeah. And then after like some time after, it doesn't rain all the time in California, but so it when it grows back, it's more lush than it was before. Mm-hmm. It's more fertile the ground than it was before. Oh yeah. But I think that hopefully paints a picture that Burning the earth mm-hmm. is not a pleasant experience. Yeah, it's not fun. <laughs> yeah, and I'm a big John Foreman fan, mm-hmm. and he talks a lot about how the seed has to die before the, the, mm. the growth occurs. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of imagery with, of knowledge of how we operate as humans and life in general, that, mm-hmm. that death is really important. So, something oh, yeah. has to die in order for life to be uh, abundant. And... Um, I don't know if this would be accurate to, to presume, but it sounds like, and you can correct me certainly, it sounds like maybe your path in painting specifically, mm-hmm. your, your abstract or kind of chaos, mm-hmm. went from a desire f- for control to embracing this or, or pursuing an understanding of freedom. Mm-hmm. I think that might weave in with therapy and relationship building and conversation and dwelling with people because it's we're just so mm-hmm. caught by each other that we're trying or by ourselves and we're all wanting freedom but may not know how to get there yeah I think I think it weaves so well because 
it's just, it's it's the uncertainty piece. Yeah. Finding finding peace in uncertainty has never been something I'm good at. <laughs> um, and it was so like it's just so funny. I, that started at a very young age of just wanting to know what was going on. But being the youngest sure. of like four kids, yeah. you know, I'd get thrown into the back of Tahoe and be like, are we going on vacation? Are we going to grandmother's? Like, are we going to, to Sunday lunch? Like what's, yeah. ha- what's happening? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, who knows the plan? Yeah. Um, and so now it's, now it's that place of, I want to, I want to know, I want to know what's going to happen to me. I want to, mm-hmm. I want to know the answers and coming, coming to an understanding that I'm not going to. There are a lot of things that I'm not going to know the answers to. Yeah. And understanding that that is okay. Um, that there is going to be chaos. And what I can control is the way that I step forward into that uncertainty. Um, I can, I'll continue to be myself. I'll continue to show up as best I can in whatever state that I'm in. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's all I can do, really. I can react. Yeah. And that will be whether I learn from something or whether I, you know, decide to take it with me or, right. yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm uncertain how we can end this conversation purely because I want to keep talking <laughs> to you. But um, I think that's a good place mm-hmm. to, to wrap up and, and hopefully ins- with our listeners inspired, and I'm inspired certainly, to step forward into uncertainty of life with confidence of, of your full self being mm-hmm. there and seeing the beauty that comes from, from all that. So th- thank you so much. Thank for, you. For I'm so glad yeah. we did this. Yeah, I'm, I'm very appreciative of you and inspired by appreciate you. It. I'm going to go look at your, your art piece and um, just, again, remember, remember that. Step forward and, and embrace the yeah. chaos of life. Embrace, Make embrace it beautiful. the chaos. Make it beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Light Vision Podcast. And I'm just in awe of, of Lindsay's perspective and her power in the community. And I wanted to say, too, that this, this conversation was recorded in the heart of East Nashville, right in the path of where much of the devastation occurred. So it is sobering for me to think that I was sitting in, in that area um, just really days before um, this tornado hit. Uh, but also inspired to, to know that people like Lindsay and, and so many others are living in that community and, and around the towns that are impacted and are taking her perspective-driven principles that we can see clearly in her art that when things happen unplanned that we choose to respond with gold and our full selves. So just thankful for her. I'm thankful for you, too, for certainly listening to this episode. And if you want to support Light Vision Podcast and Finor Creations, you can become a patron today uh, on patreon.com slash So please consider that, and we'll be back in two weeks with another episode.